You're listening to Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Eric Konovalov, and I believe that we can achieve everything we want if we take our leadership, sales ability, and personal growth to a higher level. On this show, we share ideas on how to break through our invisible boundaries, start taking steps towards our dreams, and create the life we desire. I invite you to open your mind to new possibilities, new ideas, and to the truth that everything you want is possible for you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I hope you're doing great wherever you are. If you're not a part of our community yet, get your butt over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Mastermind Group so that I can finally meet you, connect with you and virtually shake your hand for being a listener of the show. Today, I have a, an incredibly special, special woman with me. She's an, she is a U.S. Army veteran, the founder and CEO of Operation Warrior Resolution. Because of her passion for our service members, she was determined to ensure that the best treatment options were available for our fellow veterans. She received a Master's of Science in Social Work, work from Columbia University, for clinical social work. Soon after, she founded Operation Warrior Resolution and made it one of the leading providers of mental health care in the Sarasota area. Kendra is highly respected and considered an innovator in the field of veterans' mental health. She's a subject matter expert in the areas of combat-related trauma, PTSD, neuroscience, military and veteran transition, global health practices, and wellness, pro, and wellness program development. Kendra is also one of only a few people worldwide to be certified by Dr. Joe Dispenza as a corporate trainer in teaching individuals how to use the latest in neuroscience research to create real change in their life. So let's welcome Kendra Simpkins to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's really great to be here. I feel so honored. Yeah, it's so cool to have you on. I'm, you know, super passionate about helping our veterans, uh, especially with their mental health. I've been kind of blessed to, to live next to a, um, here in Florida, to live right now next to an army ranger who's got five TBIs. He's got two kids and a wife. And I see some of the challenges that that family is going through. I have friends that, you know, who have dealt with it. So, so knowing that there are people like you who took matters into their own hands, who saw a need and is fulfilling that need is, you know, we can, we can actually sleep safer at night, Kendra. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank you. It was an unintended outcome to my military service that was unexpected. So did you, okay, tell me about that. So as a young lady, did you, what, what made you want to go in the army? It was something that I always had a desire to do. I think that those individuals who feel called to serve in the military have this deep sense of purpose and serving, serving a purpose that's greater than ourselves. And I always had that. I had my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran, raising me. And he always instilled that into me along the way and encouraged me to do ROTC growing up. And then I actually didn't go into the military right afterwards because my ROTC instructor scared me a little bit saying that I wasn't cut out for the military. So I actually didn't go in until I was 26. And wow. yes, yes. 
And I really wasn't doing anything um, with my life. I was just a restaurant server and it was the recession. And so I was thinking, well, if I'm going to have this opportunity to serve in the military, I better do it now. And I, I knew that it was going to be the one thing that I'd always regret at the end of my life if I never did. And so that would, that would have to be what, like 20, 2007, 2008 when you went in? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, things were really kicking off in Iraq. I mean, that's, I mean, ISIS didn't exist yet, but they were, they were coming on fairly soon. I mean, Iraq was just a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to deploy? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually deployed to South Korea. Um, so, okay. so thankfully I, I didn't get to go to, or, you know, that's, we always want to do that. We, we feel like we want to be deployed so we can, we can provide that level of service, but I was, con- it's considered a deployment in South Korea, but sure. you know, we're combat. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you did not actually have to go into hell and see any of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So let me ask you restaurant server to army intelligence analyst you were enlisted, I'm assuming. And then was that intelligence analyst, intelligence analyst. And then how did you make that? That's a big bridge from that to where you are now. I mean, most, most folks get out of the Intel field and they get into, um, they get out of the intelligence field and they get into like cybersecurity. They, you know, start working for some types of agencies. How did you end up where you are? Well, when I was going in, I uh, had the option of either doing intelligence or being 68 Whiskey Healthcare. And so I, you know, I knew with healthcare, I'd always have an opportunity to have a job, but my mind, just the way that it works and it's very analytical, it loves to put pieces together and figure out how things work and how to make things better that, uh, the Intel just really fascinated me. And I figured that it could be a good opportunity that when I got out to be a government contractor, um, working for one of the government agencies, the FBI, CIA, something like that. Yeah. Um, but my military service took me onto a different journey. I uh, ended up uh, being discharged because I had some pretty severe uh, mental health uh, injuries during the military service. And so through my journey of being discharged while dealing with those severe mental health issues, uh, it, it led me on this journey to be a, a clinical social worker. So no, I didn't grow up saying I want to be a clinical social worker. It was, it was, it was based out of my, my personal experience of, of being in that darkness. You know, we hear that 22 veterans commit suicide a day. And uh, to me, I feel like it's a whole lot more because how many are going unreported as a suicide? And I actually was, was, was almost one of those numbers. Um, I, 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 uh, my journey took me to that darkness so much to the point that when I was active duty, that, that I did do that. Um, and thankfully I came out of my coma that was, I was in three days and tried to get back onto my feet as I was transitioning out and going through the VA and not really finding uh, effective care through there. I brought together my, my personal experience once I finally started to, to clear the cloud and come out of it and say, I am determined to give back to my fellow service members and get them out of the darkness of where I once was. And not only that, of 
of providing them with the best service possible because I know I wasn't receiving that through the VA. So I wanted to make sure that that was available to them. Could you share how you, like, why do you think you got into a dark place? Was there an event that happened? It was a, a, culmination, a culmination of events that happened, um, uh, several, several deaths within a really short period of time. Um, uh, my, my husband at the time and I were going through a divorce and it was just a lot too much at one time to be able to process. And my unit wasn't very forgiving of that. Um, and uh, not having that support within my unit as well as trying to figure out what was going on. It just felt really stuck and trapped because here I am in a foreign country, uh, as far as I can, can be away from home and not really having any support around me for the things that I was going through uh, just made me feel like there was no way out. Wow. How, how do you define trauma? Trauma to me, to, to me and everything that I've, I've known and study is basically a nervous system uh, response. Uh, it's just an imbalance of the nervous system. It's a, it's a normal response to an abnormal occurrence um, or experience that one should have to go through. It's, it's basically the system is just taking on too much stimulation within the environment or within the body to be able to process at one time. Hmm. And so in your case, what happened with you, with your, with your ex-husband, with the deaths, with being away, with lack of support, would you say that's what caused the trauma? Like it was just too much to handle? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the, for the amount of things that happen in such a short period of time, it's, it's a lot for, for any one person to deal with. Um, you know, trauma looks different for everybody. I wasn't in a combat zone, but um, still the things that I was dealing with were highly, highly, um, I mean, traumatic, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see my battle buddy um, die next to me, but I, I, I was seeing other really close people that were, that were passing away and, and I just didn't have the time or the support or the resources um, externally or internally resources to be able to, to handle that. Wow. And how did you end up in a coma? Um, through, through the medications that I took, um, it began to shut down my system. Were you, were you intentionally taking them as a, like, did you try to commit suicide? It wasn't intentionally, you know, I just wanted the pain to stop like anybody else who isn't in, in a lot of emotional pain and doesn't know how to find that relief. Um, so it was a lot of, a lot of alcohol, a lot of pills that my unit was instructing me to take. The alcohol or the pills? The pills. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that with the safety briefing on the Fridays, they're, they're saying drink as much alcohol as you can. And, and I forgot um, you're in the army. Marines completely different safety naked. briefings. <laughs> because, because they likely wouldn't have been done much good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. But I can joke about this and I can laugh about it now because I, I've, I've been able to move through it and I've been able to resolve it. And so um, I look back on it now and it's, it's one of those things that when we go through the experiences in life and, and it's no longer affecting us or disturbing us, we can take out that wisdom and that knowledge that we learn and apply it moving forward. And so I know that thankfully, having gone through that and um, 
you know, in, in resolving everything that that was about, that I can now be able to apply that moving forward into others' lives and, and showing them how to move out of that as well. So how did you get out of that? So you come out of a coma, what was in, you know, it's not like you pop out of a coma, you're like, okay, I'm good, trauma-free here. Mm-hmm. Now, on top of all the stress that you had going on, you had another traumatic experience of, that landed you in a coma. Mm-hmm. So oh, tell me, tell me what you did to kind of get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Well, first it was a lot of alcohol <laughs> because that seems to do the job really quickly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but thankfully that wasn't an option anymore. Um, uh, because that, that sent me to the hospital and, uh, at the end of the month, I'll have 10 years sober. So congratulations. um, uh, a really, really cool thing to, to be able to say, cause I didn't think there could be one day that I could go without drinking. And, but, um, I, I found a support group of other individuals who were dealing with the same things and being able to, um, rely on them. I had to get completely out, uh, away from my, uh, in a different environment, away from the people and to be able to cre- create this new life that was more supportive of, of who I was surrounding myself with, the activities that I was engaging in, um, to be able to do that. And I really went into a more of a holistic approach. I delved into yoga, um, the study of yoga. I even traveled to India to do lots of training. Um, and, uh, and, and also being connected to other veterans. I think that was also incredibly healing is that once I started to go back to school to finish my degrees and getting connected to other veterans that were, were students there was like, oh, wow, I found my people again. You know, I didn't realize I had felt so alone until I got reconnected with them. And it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, I feel like a part of again. And that was incredibly inspiring. It's so hard to explain to people. I still don't know why I've been out of the military since 2006. I still have no idea why I become alive when I'm around veterans. Like there's a monthly dinner for the Lud's Buddy Up program. Mm-hmm. it's held at a VFW. It's just a couple of tables and, you know, they cater some, you know, I don't know, regular, nothing fan, like pasta or whatever, but mm-hmm. just to go and, and sit there with guys who are all over the place, Vietnam, Iraq, desert storm, no combat whatsoever. Just, just feel at peace. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. It's hard to describe it and exactly explain why, but it just, uh, feels really good being being around each other it really does yeah it really does okay so let me ask you this when when you said you took yourself out of that environment were you still in south korea or did you already get home no i was home you were home and where was home for you at that point sarasota florida okay that's where you're, you're from here mm-hmm. yes okay born- you're the one yeah. <laughs> one of three one of three who was born and still lives in Sarasota. Got it. <laughs> okay. And um, so you got into yoga, went to India to learn, got surrounded by veterans. What else? And being able to uh, have a purpose again. Yeah. What was your purpose at that time? Do you remember? 
when I really found felt felt like I had a purpose again is when I had a clear direction of of that moment of knowing well you know I'm going back to school what am I going to school for what am I really interested in what do I really want to do and then getting connected to veterans and I was invited by the Wounded Warrior Project to be a peer mentor and start mentoring other veterans and when I did that I, I, I started to feel like wow like I remember that moment I said this is what I want to do for a living. This is what I want to do the rest of my life. And so I signed up for social work school so that I could, I could do that and, uh, and, and be able to professionally mentor them <laughs> as a living and, and get paid to do it. Um, but, but, but not only that is, is yes, it's great to work one-on-one -on -one with them, but I also felt like that I'm only one person and how many of them can I really reach one at a time? And so that's when I was inspired to create an organization of, of a whole team and group of individuals who can start reaching more veterans. Wow. So that's my purpose. <laughs> I mean, there's so much, there's so much kind of wisdom in, in observing your journey. And I'll, I'll share with you exactly what we tend to forget. So the first thing you did was remove yourself from that environment. And remind, I don't know, I don't know if this is a biblical story or I may have read this in the, in some personal development book. I think they're all running together now, <laughs> but you know, there's this principle of a seed can, isn't going to grow in concrete. You got to really plant that seed into the right soil, the right environment for it to grow. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be conducive to growth. Yeah. And so that's what you did. You were this little seed that kind of wasn't growing where you were. And once you got planted in the right environment, you blossomed. Mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. The other principle, and I just read this in a book called, nope, I'm reading the book now. I'm reading this book right now. And it's called the book of joy by Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And the reason I'm reading it is because I learned that you cannot hold the feelings of fear and the feelings of gratitude in at the same time. So like where there's gratitude, fear cannot exist. And so mm -hmm. I never, I don't like the feeling of fear. Like I just, I, I know there's some fear that's healthy. Like if I'm about to get attacked by a lion, that's probably a healthy fear to feel. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I want to make a big step in my business or do whatever, like that fear is not that healthy. It could stop me from growing. So I always want to be in a state of gratitude and joy and Mm -hmm. I decided to read this book to learn about like joy. And in it, Desmond Tutu says, everything in this world was created for to serve something else. Like naturally, we're designed for something else. Like the chair I'm sitting in, the computer that's here, the trees, the sun, like the sun isn't there to heat itself, right? Mm -hmm. The fruits aren't there to eat themselves. They're for us, the vegetables, the fruit. And that's exactly what happens. As soon as you get into that natural state of realizing that your purpose is to serve these veterans, you found it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's all stages and there's different levels of the journey. If you were to tell me when I got out of the military, like go find a purpose, I would be like, I, I don't even like, I'm in such deep depression and how do you can even conceive what that would look like? 
or you know now I'm my my the things that are really beneficial to me are are Dr. Joe Dispenza and all of his teachings and you know this morning I'm doing a meditation on abundance and I'm tapping into feeling abundance in my body but if you were to tell me that you know when I when I was in that well just take that fear and feel joy like I wouldn't know how to do that because I haven't yet trained my body and my mind to be able to to shift into that it wouldn't even make any sense so it's, 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 um, you know, you have to be, be able to, to take these steps and phases because, you know, it's not going to necessarily work at one time versus another. Yeah. Depending. And even Dr. Joe Dispenza in the wrong environment wouldn't have made that difference for you. No, no. Cause if somebody <laughs> says, just tap into the feeling of, of feeling unlimited. I would be like, You're like I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm, I'm unlimited. Fine. My body has been feeling fear and depression for so long. Like mm. the, the chemicals have been going through my body. Like that's all my body knows just to say that wouldn't, wouldn't, it would be a really difficult process. Not to say that it wouldn't, it couldn't be done, but you know, it's, it's it, to take that body and shift it into a different emotional state right away is takes a lot of practice. Oh yeah. Okay. So you know, this podcast is called Lead, Sell, Grow. And I think with you, we're going to tackle all three of them, even though you told me this is going to be the grow portion. (laughs) But you mentioned that, you know, you found your passion and you knew that you can make a huge difference alone. So you decided to start Operation Warrior Resolution to help so you can reach many. But now you became the the cook that's opened the restaurant, (laughs) right? Because- it's not you helping. Yes, the organization's helping veterans, but there's a lot that comes with being a founder and a CEO of a nonprofit organization that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with stuff that you could potentially be passionate about. Right. Care to yeah. share some of your experiences there and things you're learning about leadership or what you've learned about leadership? Oh my goodness. Well, talk about growth. <laughs> <laughs> The best, the best way to experience growth is to actually have to experience um, uh, challenges and adversity, right? Yeah. And so in graduate school, I was determined that I wanted to be able to just do individual therapy with veterans. And so I got trained in the best types of modalities um, that were out there. And then, you know, like I said, why I was an intelligence analyst, my, my, my brain is always thinking about how, how can things be done better? How can... How can, how can we improve what's, what's going on here? And so the organization was just started because the type of trauma therapy that I'm trained to do is very innovative. It's revolutionary compared to any other types of trauma treatments out there and certainly not something that VA offers. And so I just said, I wanted to provide this at no cost to veterans. So this could be available because I was seeing really effective results with it from them. And unknowing, well, how, why don't I just start a nonprofit and then I'll just get some grants and that, that'll be no problem. <laughs> sure. Sure. And I literally Googled how to start a 501 C three. That was my extent of knowledge at the time. Nice. And I, if, if anybody would have told me at that time, everything that it takes to run a nonprofit, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't have believed them until I actually experienced it myself. And so it was all constant, uh, uh, learning along the way of filing the articles incorporation, filing the 1023 of the IRS, marketing, learning how to fundraise, um, and doing outreach and building programs and 
every time there was a need, then we're building more programs. And to the point where I, I found myself not even interacting with the veterans anymore. Um, and I was just stuck more so, more so in front of my computer. I'm actually, this is actually where I am right now. Um, (laughs) and I'm finding myself in front of my computer most of the days, just answering emails and calls and putting together marketing materials and renewing the, redoing the website and writing grants and all of the things that are not energizing to me. This is, I mean, it's all very important aspects of being able to, to provide our services, but now I'm stuck in this position doing things that were completely unintended. (laughs) Um, And it's become really overwhelming and it's now we're in, in such a phase of expansion and growth that it's, it's, if we're going to be able to provide more programs and to be able to serve more veterans, we're, we're in some growing pains right now because I am trying to figure out what that looks like and taking those steps on how to get there. Wow. That's a lot. That is mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the first donation that you got. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's it's very, very, you know how you get that, that dollar bill Um, and people put it in their businesses of having their first dollar bill. Well, we did that. It was, it was very cool. And it was like, literally my mouth dropped open and the donor was like, close your mouth. (laughs) Because I was so shocked. I was like, wow, you actually want to invest in something that I created and something that we're doing, it was just a really cool feeling. Um, and now, now our biggest check that I have, I replaced the dollar bill. I've spent that. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a check for $150,000. So way to go uh, moving, moving up. So it's, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, I still don't know how to even take it that, that, that people are seeing the results of something that really came from my creation and they believe in it and they want to support it. Isn't that a beautiful Um, thing? Yeah, it is. Thank you for bringing that up. It's just kind of nice to bring, you know, to lit up. (laughs) Yeah. To tap into those feel good feelings of why, why, why we're doing the things that we're doing. Right. Well, I'm in sales and I mean, fundraising and sales are kind of hand, hand in hand. I think fundraising there's a lot more relationship building before you can ask people to, to believe in your cause and, you know, part with their money. Um, fundraising is a tough, tough thing and you got to be very thick skinned and there's so many different organizations who are asking people for money. So I had a chance to have lunch with you. We had, um, a conversation. I mean, we've met probably three times. We met for the first time in person. This is funny. Somebody mentioned, because, you know, I'm in Sarasota, I really want to get involved with veterans communities. And Julia actually said, hey, I was reading something about this organization. This lady, Kendra, seems interesting to meet with. And I'm like, okay. And I kind of blew it off. It was just in the conversation. Didn't even think anything of it. Next day, I'm on Facebook. Sure enough, people you might know, Kendra Simpkins. I'm like, that's odd. Add a friend. We connected. You sent me a message saying, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Somebody was just recommending you for this, this and this. Really glad we met. Great. Literally two days later, we're at some 
um, event where they're teaching nonprofit organizations how to uh, present and speak in front of potential donors. Sure enough, Kendra walks in. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on, did we just connect on Facebook? Then the following week, we already had a lunch scheduled, I think, from our Facebook conversation. The following week, we had lunch. Yesterday, we had a conversation on Zoom. Today, you're like my BFF. I think I've seen you more times than I've seen my childhood best friend in the last like year. I know. Um, I'm like afraid to message you at this point because I'm like, I hope he doesn't feel like I'm stalking him. <laughs> no, it's all good. But I think, you know, I believe there's there's kind of a, a reason for all of that. And so, you know, this is not the first time I'm meeting you like most of the guests that are on a podcast. And what I'd like to do now is kind of give you the platform to my goal is for the listeners, because I understand how important your cause is, how important your foundation is. And you didn't know I was going to do this. I'd like to give you a couple of minutes just to share specifically about Operation Warrior Resolution, the way you would to a donor with the hopes that some of you listeners are feeling generous and want to help out veterans and want to support Kendra's mission. And you can donate to her foundation, to her organization. So Kendra, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you um, uh, for, for allowing me to share about Operation Warrior Resolution, my, my this heart and soul that, that I've been talking about. And it's, it's really incredible to see how the donors or the, the investors want to support in us. And it's because of the results that, that they're hearing about. It's the results that they're seeing and, and uh, the testimonials that the veterans are giving. Every time they come out of our program, the veterans are reporting 100% difference, um, that they're no longer experiencing the symptoms that they once were dealing with when they stepped into our door. And so we wanna continue to support them and we provide them um, with coaching afterwards after that time uh, for 90 days after. And even at the 90 day period, 87% of them are still reporting uh, increase satisfaction in life, their quality of life, and also Im improvements in their life. And that's our mission is to transform veterans to health and wholeness again. And we do that through our main method, which is a brain-based healing. And when they go through these sessions of, of brain-based healing, because all, all of our things are based out of neuroscience and the newest, the newest research in neuroscience of how to rewire the brain. And so the practitioners are taking these individuals, these veterans through, through session, sessions to basically cause the brain so it's, there's no longer an emotional reaction to a past or even a current event. Um, so it's kind of like we talk about, like we're pulling, you gotta, you gotta pull the weeds out if you're planting a garden and mm. remove all of the past, you know, the, 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 the stuff that's no longer of value before you can plant the new plants and the flowers to bloom. And so that's basically what we're doing with our, our brain-based healing sessions is, is taking them through that and removing all, and resolving all of the past stuff so that um, at our retreat program, when they come to do that, um, we can plant those new flowers and those, those beautiful new trees to bloom through other holistic methods. So teaching them things outside of talk therapy and medication that the VA does but providing them with holistic approaches and showing them and having them actually experience that they have that within them to heal themselves. They've already got that within them. They just need to tap into that and know how to be able to, to do that and shifting into that mindset because the mind and body is connected that, that when the body is healing, the mind is healing. When the mind is healing, the body is healing. And so we do that throughout our retreats through 
um, nutrition. We have them do um, meet with a chiropractor, a medical massage therapist. We do workshops to alleviate their physical pain because veterans are dealing with such intense injuries and chronic pain. So we're teaching them how to alleviate that so they can have a better quality of life and they're not limited by their chronic pain. Um, as well as we, we, we have them meet with their coaches to start thinking about, you know, okay, all that stuff has been resolved and you're no dealing, you're no longer dealing with that past trauma and stuff. How, how can we now support you going, going home? Um, and so they'll start setting goals and objectives to meet with their, their coaches during that time. And also for their spouses, because we noticed that when the veterans were going through our programs, they're, they're experiencing such profound change and transformation that they go home and the spouse who's still used to dealing with the veteran who, 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 who is having trauma re responses all the time. And, and the, that affects the family. And then all of a sudden the spouse is like, well, you had this great weekend. Oh, I'm so glad that you're in a better space and, and they're still dealing with the same stuff. So now we've got, now we're, now we're supporting the spouses. We're getting them their own uh, sessions and programs to be able to help resolve their, their things that they are going through as well as marriage counseling and couples retreats to bring the family back together. Um, we also have a children's therapist as well. So the, the children are also getting it because it's a whole family dynamic um, in doing this. Wow. How much does it cost to take a family through something like this? It is $3,500 for the veterans who go through the retreat and also provide the spouse with their support as well um, through that. And then they have the option to go through the couple's retreat after that. Wow. Mm -hmm. so 3,500 bucks for one veteran. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's covering all of their, um, expenses throughout our, our program, our retreat program of food lodging therapies. They get their own individual, uh, practitioner that they meet with um, and have two sessions and they're meeting with doctors, chiropractors, medical massage therapists, they're meeting with a nutritionist to get them set up on a, on a, on a, their individualized uh, diet and meal plan. They're meeting, having an individual coach. So it's a whole wraparound service um, holistically that we're treating the veteran and their family, you know, mind, body, and soul. How is it that you figured something out that the VA just hasn't been able to do yet? Well, the VA is, is pretty antiquated and, ta and takes some time to be able to move into trying new things. They are, I, I mean, I've heard that they are starting to do some new approaches and take some holistic approaching like the, the whole health that they're doing now, but it's only some VAs because each VA is not consistent with the, the others. Um, they're basically individual entities. So just because one VA is providing a service, another isn't. And so not necessarily are these going to be provided or are they even going to be provided within an adequate amount of time? Right. And so it just, it takes time to get an appointment at the VA. It takes a month to get into the VA. So can you imagine how long it would take to actually have them implement a new therapeutic modality or a new program, it's going to take some time. And so research, especially in the last 10, 20 years, there's been so much coming out in terms of neuroscience and actually what's going on within the brain and body. Bessel van der Kolk came out with his book, The Body Keeps the Score. And so that really opened people's eyes and being able to see what what's more effective, these experiential therapies, rather than just cognitive behavior therapies, 
you actually have to use experiential therapy. So people are feeling something new and different with their body by, by, by getting involved that way. And it's not that they don't know about it. I think it just takes so long for them to implement new processes. All right. So I've heard of the book. I have not read it. And I heard about it while we were going through our um, kind of trauma-based healing and logotherapy course, just so I could understand trauma a little bit better. So the body keeps the score. I really have a tough time understanding that because my belief is that, you know, everything originates in the mind, you know, Mm -hmm. starts in the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and all the pain we're feeling, but that's not what he talks about in that book, is it? Dr. Vanderkolk? Mm-hmm. No, Mm-mm. no, it's 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 talking about things uh, more on a subconscious level um, because that's where troubling thoughts and feelings are coming from. Because we don't consciously wake up in the morning and say, "Today I'm just going to feel really lousy," and then. <laughs> And then, and then it, it happens just like, we can't just automatically wake up and like, it's going to be an amazing day. Like we can start off that way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that continues. We have to keep implementing that along the way. And that's just because our subconscious brain is so much stronger than our conscious mind, because that's what we need. Everything that comes out of the subconscious mind is what we need for survival. And it just automatically happens. And that's where emotions are coming from. Emotions just automatically happen based off of an experience that we have. And they've done research on this, that we're actually emotionally feeling something in the body 11 seconds before we're even consciously aware of it. And so if it's already that far underway, you know, 11 seconds, not that long, but you know, if you think about it, that we're the body is actually feeling and generating these, these stress hormones in the body before we consciously are recognizing it then it's going to be a a hard process to be able to shift if we're just doing it from a conscious level, just saying, well, you know, just wake up and be, be happy or feel, feel gratitude. It's, it's a whole process on a subconscious level of, of rewiring the body and the brain and the way that it's been processing things. Okay. And we're talking about veterans, right? So when you're talking about veterans, we, um, who have dealt with trauma, that trauma is on a whole different level, but, but in the mind and body, that same trauma could occur from, uh, an angry dad hitting his child when that child's five years old Mm -hmm. out of anger to that child that grows up. The effects of that experience could be the same, if not worse than somebody stepping on an IED and seeing their battle buddy die. Mm -hmm. So these people and and chances are like if in your professional opinion how many people are walking around with trauma that has not been dealt with or handled or restored just mm-hmm. normally not not even talking about veterans or combat mm-hmm. veterans you know it's it's hard to say it's all just pretty much uh a guess or a number that I'd be throwing out there if I were to do that. But I, I think on, on some level, the majority of people are, are walking around with some, some type of trauma, because if we've, if we've made it to the age of, you know, I'm, I'm be 40 this summer, if 
who hasn't, who's made it to the age of 40 and has not experienced something that has caused a huge emotional reaction that has made an imprint in the way that they're, they're viewing and being in the world. And they might not even know it because that, they, that could have happened as a little kid. Exactly. And so most of the time they're, they're not even an adult yet. And they've experienced something traumatizing because even if parents are arguing and that that individual is more emotionally sensitive, that can make a huge imprint on them and, and how they're, they're being in, in the world. Yeah. And these people are showing up to work. Mm-hmm. They're running companies, they're running sales teams, they're speaking to your customers. Some mm-hmm. of them are your customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so- yeah. And, and Dr. Joe Dispenza says that by, by the age of 35, 95% of who we are are automatic, unconscious pattern programs, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. By 95%, that means there's a very small percent by, by the time we're age of 35 that we're actually aware of. Um, because by that time, we've, we've been programmed so long to think and feel this way that that's just become who we are. And, and people aren't even aware that that's how they're operating. Yeah, you just show up negative. You're looking at things in the, you know, just every, the world is dangerous. I had this, I'm in this group called F3. And um, I know I've talked about it before. And we get together, we talk. And one of the guys, I remember we were just having a leadership conversation and he says, well, the world is a dangerous place. I'm like, is it? <laughs> the world's a dangerous place. If you choose to see it as a dangerous place, you can also look and see the world as a loving place. Are you, mm-hmm. and he says, are you telling me the world is not a dangerous place? He says, you know, I'm just telling you that you see the world as a dangerous place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's complicated when, when people experience trauma because you have this whole fight or flight response and then you have all of these perceptions that come along with it that get created with it and the perceptions are created of out of how we're feeling. And so it's, it's a process to get into that subconscious and turn all of that stuff off and turn it around. But yet it's so worth doing, isn't it? And the reason why I brought that up, you know, kind of setting the veterans aside is because it's not just veterans who have dealt with trauma. It's, it's all of us. And you have no idea if you're a leader in your company, chances are you have no idea what some of the people on your team have been through, what kind of traumas they've experienced and how those traumas are holding them back from performing to a higher potential level than, than they're performing at right now. And so for that, you've created programs for the corporate world as well, based on Dr. Dispenza's teachings. Is that correct? Well, Dr. Joe created them. Uh, Dr. Joe just trained me personally to teach his work. And so you like Dr. Joe personally trained you. Yes. I -hmm. love that guy, by the way. He's so (laughs) awesome. Absolutely love it. Um, He really is awesome until he stands in front of you and says to, to, uh, uh, tell him exactly how to explain this section, just as he would say it exactly how he says it. <laughs> so can you imagine trying to teach Dr. Joe his work just as he says it exactly how he says it? Well, I can't, but I know you probably did great, Kendra, because you're just, yeah. you're just yeah. way above the rest yeah. when it comes Talk to about- that type of stuff. Um, okay. So Dr. Joe, how many of you are there? Like how many people like you that were trained by him? directly 
In the group that I was trained, there was 35, um, but worldwide they've been ha they've been doing the neural change solutions uh, organization since 2016, I believe. So there's now 133 of us worldwide. It's still not a whole lot. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, and the, well, they're very selective too. And in, in the process, there was about um, almost 400 people that applied in the group that I I applied to 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 train for. Yeah, I mean, by the way, I meditate in the mornings, and quite often I, it's Dr. Joe's meditation because what his meditation gets me to do is to create the feeling in my body as if I achieved something that I really, really was, was wanted to achieve and feel that emotion right now. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really cool because you show up at a whole different level when you do that. And, and also it's very empowering because you actually become the creator of your life. Like we can literally create it in our mind and then live into it. We can yeah. feel it before it ever happens. And it just, it's, it's been such a life changer for me. Yeah. But, but let me ask you, what do you do? So what do you do with the corporations? Like how have you been able to help businesses uh, increase productivity and just have employees mm -hmm. who are, you know, dealing with their stuff a little bit better? Yeah, well, it was actually, thankfully, for uh, a lot of Fortune 500 companies coming to Dr. Joe saying, we need your work in our workplace. And so that's how he created the NeuroChange Solution um, training that we do. Wow. It's a two-day training. And he, he felt like if we can create change within an organization or business, we can create change throughout the whole world. And that starts with each individual person within that business. And so through that process of the training, it's about teaching employees of teams, leadership, and, and, and teaching them the neuroscience of change. It's very simple, very easy to under, understand, but it makes a lot of sense if you can learn about the basic structures of the brain and how it works. And he's got simple techniques to be able to apply so that, that the employees or people within an organization can start to become more conscious of how they're feeling and thinking. What are those subconscious thoughts that are, that are occurring that I'm not even aware of that are inhibiting me from being able to be more creative in my job, to be more productive, to work better with my, 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 my coworkers? to get along better with my boss. <laughs> and, and so it's teaching them how to recognize when these things show up within, within their job or within their life and being able to shift those right away. Getting out of that refractory period. Refractory period is how long are you gonna stay in that emotional state? How long are you gonna keep thinking those feelings? You know? I feel like you gotta become somewhat aware that you're even in it because a lot of people have been in it for so long. Like Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I'm no expert, but I, I think he, he says something like, we think 70,000 thoughts a day. And most mm -hmm. of those thoughts are the same thoughts we thought the day before. Mm -hmm. And exactly. so it, so we're continuing that pattern of, you know, if thoughts cause feelings and feelings are how, you know, our emotions, if thoughts cause our emotions and, and our feelings, and that causes our actions, and that's responsible for our results, and we're constantly getting the same results, then we really got to check how are we feeling and then we really got to get into, hey, how are we thinking, right? Kind of working backwards. I'm no genius. So exactly. Well, the first step to change is, is being aware, 
being conscious that they're going on. And how do you do that? How do you help somebody increase their awareness? It's getting, it's getting out of the conscious mind. It's getting out of the program and being able to create distance and take a step back of observing yourself. And that's part of the training as well is what are those thoughts, actions, and feelings that I, I do every day? And is that getting me to where I need to be? Because so oftentimes we're, we're controlled by our environment, those things around us or our body, you know, how we're feeling the constant, well, I don't want to, or, or time we're up against. And so if we can't be greater than our environment, our body or time, then how are we ever going to create a new self? And so that training is all about that, of being able to be greater than that and step into a new self so that organizations can, can work better, can be more productive, can be more creative. And of course, raise the bottom line. Wow. How did you come to meet Dr. Joe? Well, friends introduced me to his work and I found it really intriguing and went to one of his uh, week-long retreats. And at his week-long retreat, I... at these retreats, you're, you're basically in meditation for six to eight hours a day. They're very long days. It's him teaching you practicing and applying it through meditation, him teaching you practicing and applying it meditation. And there was just an experience because he's, he's, he's training you during that time to get down the brainwave state into that alpha theta, where we can access the subconscious and that's our, that's where we can access our creativity. And so doing that so often through those days and just being like, I'm just, con- just naturally creative that I'm like, I need to use this to teach more people. And I re- immediately went up to his assistant outside. I walked outside the, the, the room and I said, how do I book Dr. Joe Dispenza to do a veterans retreat? And she gave me her email, but, but then he's like, well, she, she's like, well, he's really busy. I mean, of course. And but then I'm thinking, well, he's only one person. How is he going to help me reach more veterans with his work? Why don't I get, get trained to teach his work um, to veterans, to other people? And we, I, I happened to actually be sitting in the front row that day after I talked to his assistant and I walked back in and, and they were on break. So he was just standing there and I walked up and I said, I'm going to be working for you one day. And he goes, oh, are you? And I said, yes, we're going to work together to change people's lives. And he goes, okay, <laughs> that was February last year. And then in June, I was back with him, having him train me to teach his work. And Did he remember you? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ever bring it up to him, but we did get to have dinner one night with him um, uh, after one of the trainings. And he stopped me at dinner. I was walking back from the restroom and he, he stood up he was eating his meal and he took time out to stand up and stop me. And and he goes, I heard you're, you're into working with veterans in the military. He said, tell me more about that. And so I did. And I, I told him how, how uh, incredible his work has been to to me personally and how grateful I am to be able to, to share this. And we just had a moment sharing and bonding about um, being able to, to work together and share this into the world. And it was really cool that he took time out of his dinner to stop and make that connection with me. And so, so now every time somebody refers, um, or like brings me up to him, he goes, Oh yeah, that army girl, (laughs) (laughs) that girl that was in the army. So that girl that was in the army, that's, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's so cool. Kendra, there's so much to unpack with you because 
through your journey of, you know, being in the army, your dark place to the coma, yoga, Dr. Joe, starting this nonprofit, leading, becoming a sales professional and asking for donations, <laughs> therapy. I mean, you're, if, you're almost like a jack of all traits. It's getting to that point. Jacqueline of all traits. We'll call you Jacqueline. <laughs> it's getting to that point. Is there one thing that you would say that you've learned through your process that has kind of made the most impact in your growth? That we don't realize how powerful we actually are. Tell me about and that. When you put it, when you put it and lay it all out like that and thinking about that, that journey that I took, um, it, it would have never guessed that I would have be able to, to, to create all of that or to be able to build everything that I've had or the experiences. Um, but when, but when we set our mind to doing something, like I said, I'm going to Columbia university, I'm going to an Ivy league graduate school. And I did, you know, or just like I told you that I, I'm going to train with you, Dr. Joe, I'm going to teach your work. <laughs> and so when we set our mind to it and, and begin to move into that space of possibility and creation, we don't really actually realize how powerful we are and what we're capable of doing. Why do you think that is? If we have this power, if we've been gifted with it, why don't we realize we have it? I mean, who, who is around us teaching us this? Who do we, natural? Who do we see that's utilizing this or teaching us this? I mean, the, the things that we know are from who, how we've been raised or who raises us or how, what's, what's going on in our society and how often are people doing that or expressing that? But a lion knows how powerful the lion is. An eagle knows how powerful an eagle is. Why don't we know how powerful we are? I think there could be a lot of things to that if we want to dig that one up. <laughs> you know, my personal belief is I think when we're born, we know. Yeah, you know, because, uh, you know, it's, it's easy and it's familiar to be exactly where we are. Yeah. And I think we get conditioned. We, we get deprogrammed from our power. Like as babies, when we we're first born, I don't think there are any limits to what we could accomplish. Like if baby didn't need a mother to survive, I wonder what would happen if there was no dumbass adults teaching that baby how to play it safe. No, don't yeah. do that. You don't touch that. You'll get hurt. Don't, don't climb up there. Don't, why would you say, right? Like, mm -hmm everybody will laugh at you if you wear that don't do that it's we're messing up the next generation based on what we believe mm -hmm. but i think when we're born i think we know mm -hmm. and i'm sticking to it <laughs> yes. Kendra, is there anything that you wish i asked you that i have not asked you yet hmm Nothing, nothing comes to mind. Is there anything other, you wish other, we covered that we didn't cover? 
other than uh, the thing that, that I, I wish you had asked is like, when do we get to get to do more coaching together? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you that after I stop hitting record. <laughs> <laughs> Coaching is a, you know, there's a confidentiality thing with coaching. I don't brag about what coaching relationships we're in, but I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you for coming here, sharing about your story, being so vulnerable. Guys, we got a leader who cares, who's making a difference in veterans' lives, and you can help. Anything helps. What's a website that people can go to and donate? OperationWarriorResolution.org. And we get matched donations. So that's a really great opportunity to be able to have right now to donate. Who matches the donations? Let's give them a shout out too. The Flanzer Trust. Awesome. So they're going to get matched donations. Give them something. I know you got something that you were going to go buy McDonald's today. Save yourself. Don't buy McDonald's. Donate over here to Operation Warrior Resolution because it's really making an impact. It's really making an impact. There's a reason you listen to this whole call to hear me try to get some money out of you. Donate. <laughs> You'll feel so much better when you do. Kendra, thank you so much for being here. Such a pleasure to talk with. I love this conversation. Thank you. Likewise. Appreciate it. You've listened to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a nice review. And if you're not a part of our tribe on Facebook, be sure to head over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Tribe. I look forward to speaking with you in the tribe. Have a great day.